Hey, you're listening to Burst Your Bubble. I'm Josh, and I've got Kyler here with me. We're here to bring you the sharpest sports takes. Today is Monday, and we're excited for the week. This was a fun show with a lot going on. The MLBPA fires back in what we hope will be a quick negotiation. The NBA's return gets more interesting by the day. We discuss DeAndre Hopkins' claim as best in the world, and we have a totem pole of 30 for 30s. Stay plugged into our social media on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Burst Your Bubble. We're available everywhere you get your podcast. You can even get us on your Alexa devices. If you're bored at home, just tell Alexa to play Burst Your Bubble podcast. Then remember to rate, review, and share us with your friends or literally anyone you know. Thanks for listening, and remember, no hard feelings, because more than likely, one of us will burst your bubble. Kyler, it is Monday, June 1st. June 1st. We are about to be in summer. Today was a great day. Got to spend some time out on the golf course. How was your weekend? Oh, it was pretty good, but let's talk about your uh, your damn links. How was it? What did you shoot? So I uh, I broke I broke 100 first time, first full round of golf, broke 100, shot a 98 today. Ooh. Good start to the year, Josh. We're on pace. So that's a really good start, actually, because this is going to be – have you ever broken uh, 80 before? Have you ever broken 90 before? No, my lowest score is a 90. Oh, so this is the year, Josh. This might be actually the month because we did, we actually set up a tentative date um, later this month, the Burst Your Bubble golf outing. So uh, this actually might be the month for you to break 90. I sure hope so. It's been, a, it's been a quest of mine for a while. Last year, I shot 90 two or three times, uh, and I've got 91 multiple times. I just couldn't get under 90. Uh, I started getting my own head a little bit, uh, so it's something that I got to work on. But I, I'm confident that I can do it. I got a, a lot of people coaching me. The round that I have with you, I'm, I'm a very coachable. I'm very coachable, so uh, I'm going to take all the advice I can get. So uh, three quick things. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, I touched on it a little bit. How many putts did you have today? Uh, we we looked it up. I think I had 39. Uh, how many three putts was it? uh six 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 three right, so that's step one um eliminate the three putts step two how many two chips did you have how many times were you chipping and then you're you were ended up chipping again uh a I, handful. The, yeah may i would i would say maybe not that many since you putted so much and you still broke a hundred um so uh so my third thing uh so like i said eliminate those two things the third thing you need to eliminate and you will break 90 uh how many tee shots did you lose? How many balls did you hit in the water, um, hit in the woods that you couldn't find? So actually not very many. I lost three balls today, uh, and uh, only one of them was off the tee. So, I, yeah, so I only lost one off the tee. I lost two other ones just because I couldn't find where the heck they went. But uh, so off the tee, it wasn't very good. I, I hit a lot of them right today, but – uh, it was a lot better. The guy I was playing with gave me a couple pointers, and I, I kind of got it fixed uh, a little bit. Still struggling off the tee box. That's definitely going to be the, the thing I need to shore up. Definitely. Well, uh, Josh, like I said, you're on pace to break 90, and I, like I said, this is this is shaping up to be the month. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm ready for it to happen. So uh, my day was pretty good. My weekend was pretty good. Uh, Josh, I actually figured something out today. I, I had known about this for a little bit, but I put it to the test today. And I actually, I probably caught the Whataburger um, employee straight off of a dab rip. It's kind of how he sounded on the uh, drive-thru menu. But I, um, 
I said uh, it was around 12. I woke up, uh, you know, and I really wanted a honey butter chicken biscuit, but of course past 11, so I couldn't get one. So I went and ordered a chicken sandwich and I ordered it plain. And I said, well, let me hold on. Can I get, uh, can I add the honey butter sauce to it? And the guy said, ah, oh, shit, bro. Why did I ever think of that? <laughs> Perfect. You got a genius. Josh, it, That's a game changer. If you're listening to the pod, that is a game changer. It was incredible. I loved it. I mean, it was you know, a little heavy on the honey butter, but I would never complain about that. Yeah, that's a great thing. Well, I'm going to use this tomorrow. Yeah. So was, there's was, so many times, like 12, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, I'm like, man, I could really go for a honey butter chicken biscuit, but I can't. Definitely. I mean, it's a, a great, great tool. I mean, every single night, Edmund, uh, Edmund Whataburger is just completely through the line from 11 until probably like 12, 30, 1 o'clock in the morning the line has probably 15 cars in it, especially now that lobbies are closed. Uh, so yeah, this is a game changer. Yeah, that is great information. So something else I did this weekend, I volunteered at Tidy Up 10 Killer. So I live about 10 minutes from a lake um, and we had the Tidy Up event. So we went out on the boat, we went out to one of the islands and we picked up trash for a few hours. And then, so we actually found a, uh, like a jet ski slip, like an inflatable thing you would put your jet ski on. Um, it was just someone that left it out there. Well, it floated. And so we threw a couple, uh, three tires on it and we tied it to the back of the boat and drug it. So like water is getting on it all, all. So we're having to go like five miles an hour back in to the thing. Well, then we're, we're going, we see a, a stick and a piece of trash. So we pick those up on the way, just floating in the water. Well, then Beck goes, hey, what about that stick over there? And I was like, well, it looks like it's a tree. Like, it was a big stick. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're on the boat. We're going over there. And where I have to lasso it, so I get the rope, and I make a you know a good hoop, and I cinch it up, and I catch it, roll it over. And it is a, uh, it's a boat ramp sign that mm-hmm. got broke off yeah. and was just floating in the water, which would have been very dangerous. So – we got it out of the water. It's hanging up in my garage now. Yeah, I was about to say, you better have taken it home. Yeah, we did. It was, a, it was a great find. We did some great community service for a few hours. So you get the opportunity. Go clean up your local lake. Man, I, I, there's nothing I think I would be more stoked to find besides, like, something of monetary value than, like, an old street sign or, like, just an old sign in general. And speaking of that, I'm actually building a set back here for the YouTube page. So if you have anything you want to donate for the set, uh, go ahead and send that in to me, uh, DM me, ask for the address. Absolutely. So, yeah, so it's just something great to, uh, to think about. I always love giving back. So with yeah. that, do you have anything else? You ready to get into some headlines? Uh, let's get into some headlines, Josh. Uh, it was a big day for Coach Duggs. Coach Duggs and the Tennessee Vols knocked off number eight Alabama to go to number two in the country heading into week 11. Um, what also may be in the works, Josh, if you listen to the SV pod, Scott Van Pelt, um, and uh, pardon my takes last episode on Friday, an all-star matchup, Scott Van Pelt versus Big Cat, college football 14. Oh, you talk about some ratings. That'll get the viewers. Yep. So uh, I don't know how we're going to do this with a, with a quarantine going on and they're in different cities because this is not an online game at all. And they talked about playing online, but that's just not feasible. Um, so we'll see how that goes when uh, they, they're caught up on today's technology. But here's uh, something we talked about in a, a couple episodes ago. Big Cat had 70,000 viewers tonight in a Week 10 matchup. So I'm still a, a proponent that in a national championship this season, he's going to pull 100K viewers. 
So for perspective, um, last week, Lance pulled in right around 800,000. Um, we'll see what tonight's got. I'll predict it's less than 800,000. So here's what you do, ESPN, this is for free. As always, you throw the TV 14 version of Lance on ESPN, Big Cat on ESPN2, and immediately make the mature version of Lance available on the ESPN app, where the people who would be watching the mature version can watch it just as easily. Because if you're watching it on, if you're watching the TV 14 version on cable, you only have cable. Another solid idea, Kyler. Another solid one. I don't know why they're not taking up on any of these that you've already given them, to be honest. Um, but this yeah. one is just easy money because people are tuning in to watch Big Cat. I mean, it's Coach Doug's is has been the face of quarantine for a long time. Josh, this is this is a case of um, if you scream in the or if a tree falls in the forest, anybody around to hear it. Um, if you scream ideas on a podcast and they're wonderful, nobody's here to listen to them. Uh, do they get picked up and put on the air? And they don't. This is pretty obvious. But um, when an ESPN exec does go back and listen to all of these, it's going to be pretty obvious because all these ideas are going to get implemented in that instant um, on that one Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever that day is. Uh, but, yeah, like I said, and even, Josh, the one thing is Big Cat is playing every single game is on ESPN. I mean, right? That's just because on I mean, the way NCAA 14 is made. But it's ESPN. It says ESPN anyways. Yeah, and what and what is stopping them from just you know getting some contract partnering with PMT on this one thing? Oh, I mean, like it's not like they haven't worked together before. Exactly. I mean, obviously I mean, that relationship didn't work out, but there's nothing stopping take, them. Might take a little smoothing over there and a little little money, but I mean, I, I would think ESPN might owe them might owe them a little bone to throw. Yeah, and you know they would love to do it, and people would love to watch it. I don't know. Ratings through the roof. This could be a, a great event. So we've got some news on the NBA. Uh, I feel like we talk about the, the progress of the NBA every episode, but it's, you know, it's because they do make progress and we hear about it. So it's, you know, what we're here to report. The NBA, uh, there's been growing interest for a 22-team uh, return-to-play scenario with regular season games and then a some play-in uh, style games to determine uh, to determine seating for the playoffs. But then it's also been reported that the majority of of owners uh, voted that they would like to go straight into the playoffs. So there's growing support for 22 teams, and then there's also support going straight to playoffs instead of playing any regular season games. So that in that aspect, there's a little bit of a, a divide, but it seems that the owners are ready to get back into it. Well, the reason you see that um, a majority of the teams want to go straight into the 16 teams, um, how many teams are in the NBA, Josh? 30? 30. So 16 is the majority. That's why the majority would like to go straight into the playoffs. Um, but the other 14 would not like to go straight into the playoffs. They want to, um, they want to get something. They want to finish out those uh, regional contracts. And it seems like that's, what, that's what's going to happen. It seems like the, con, the uh, conversations are 20 and 22 teams. 22 teams makes the most sense. Um, you get the Suns in there along with the Washington Wizards. Um, and like you said, and Josh, we kind of had a conversation about this, I think, on Friday when the news dropped. You were a little bit confused. Um, why they would have a regular season, why would they, why would they play seven, eight games, and no then confusion. also have a play-in. Um, no confusion. Doesn't make sense, but go ahead. 
yeah so like it doesn't make sense and I, that's what i said from the beginning i've been saying this um since the first episode you know we've uh, when we talked about the possibility of a play-in and the world cup and all that it's you know what is adam silver's goal is he trying to uh, crown a champion and make sure there's not an asterisk on this on this year on this champion or is he trying to dominate ratings in a time where ratings are betting begging to be dominated um and it's pretty obvious what his intentions are by the end goal that we'll see probably in the next couple of days. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of coaches and uh, teams that would uh, go right along with what we're saying there. And the fact that it came out saying that a lot of teams were worried, the NBA was just trying to uh, twist it around where Zion and other stars on those teams would make it into the playoffs. So there's a little bit of, of worrisome things there were, you know, let's go with what we have and let's do the safest way to get back into the league. So um, I'm hoping that we can, you know, get straight into it. If we have if we have regular season games, there's no reason to do a playoff. Adam Silver, if you do regular season games, you, you go into the playoffs based on your seating when you finish those regular season games. Go into it like a normal playoffs, avoid any of the controversial stuff, and it'll be fine. Even if you want to bring back just 22 teams, let them finish it out or go straight into the playoffs with your regular seeded teams. So uh, if they brought 11 teams, they would do the bottom four would little play in tournament, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Eight, nine, eight, nine, eight would play 11, uh, nine, nine and 10, 10 would play. Yeah. So that, would you like it if it's a one or three game? All right. Well, if they do this, absolutely a three game. So you'd need a three game series there as well. Wow. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, yeah, you'd have to. I mean, it would have to be a three-game series because I mean, I mean, that just brings in the argument. Like, you're gonna put, you're gonna put. We talked about Brad Beal. You're gonna put him completely healthy in the playoffs as an 11 seed against, uh, you know, the Magic in the first round. He's gonna beat them. He's gonna, he's gonna beat. He's gonna score 60 points, and then he's gonna be hot whenever he plays the Bucks in the first round. And God knows what could happen there. Yeah, and that's just, and that's just thing about it. You want the my whole thing is I want the best product going into the playoffs, and by the best product, I mean I want the best teams playing in the playoffs, and the best teams are based on how they played through the regular season, and that's how you get your seating in the first place, and then you go into the playoffs. Injuries are a part of the season. If your team played shitty throughout the season, then um, it's tough luck. You're screwed, and hey, you got good luck next year. Yeah, and I mean that's, and again, I want to I want to preface by saying this. Um, I'm a fan of the World Cup idea, and I'm a fan of a play-in tournament. I'm a fan of taking the seeding away, just not this year. You can't introduce it in a time where we're all scrambling to get everything back. We just need we need it back. We don't need something new back. We need what we lost back. So. Take these all. Take these ideas. Use the idea. You know, use the expression the NFL used. Table it. Let Let's bring it back in the off season. I mean, hell, some of these teams, Josh. If you're not in the top eleven, and if really, if you're not in the top ten, you're going to go from March until Christmas Day or later until you play a regular season game again. Yeah, and on the other side of that, the argument to that is, well, everything's changing right now, so we can just kind of make up the rules as we want. There's no better time to change it. Then right now, that's been some of the talk at the national level with the, the figureheads up there. And it's like, no, we don't want to change in the middle of this. We want to have the playoffs. Right. If you want to make a change moving forward, bring that up and have it voted on separately, moving 
forward starting next year. Yeah, and this might be this all might be a ploy from the NBA to you know kind of get these ideas, get these thoughts in the public's head. You know, get them aware with these uh, these ideas of you know play in system of no no conference, whatever, whatever. Uh, a midseason tournament because I love all those ideas and to get just get them out there, see what the public thinks about them. And I mean, the fans love it. Like I said, I love the idea of it, just not right now. But I mean, in a couple of months when we don't have any basketball and, or uh, I should say in about four or five months, you know, in between seasons, why, what a play in tournament then or a midseason tournament, that's when it would really benefit like the teams I mentioned a while ago who aren't going to be playing for seven, eight months with a lot of young players. So I do think that we will see something on this. Uh, you know, by the time you're listening to this, there might have already been a memo come out uh, from Adam Silver. I think that it's going to come out, uh, if not today, sometime early this week uh, from the things that I'm hearing, they're going to come out with a memo with a return to play plan, uh, an actual plan, not just uh, guesses and, and things that we can speculate. I think there'll be an official memo come out to the teams. Uh, so so that might have already come out, but if it hasn't, uh, definitely be looking for that sometime this week. I think it's Tuesday. Is the, um, they're going to vote on it Tuesday. So on Wednesday's show, we should have uh, some updates on that. Yeah, so if they're voting on it on Tuesday, tomorrow they'll probably announce – someone will probably leak the details. Well, I, th- I think I think the, uh, the, bo- the Board of Governors call um, is scheduled for Tuesday, and they're going to accept anything – that Adam Silver brings to them. So yeah, hopefully they leak whatever Adam Silver is thinking tomorrow. Yeah, good call there. So we've got NBA news hopefully coming out Tuesday or Wednesday, and we had uh, some movement in the MLB. So the, what do we got on the MLB front? We've got a we've got a huge guest coming on Wednesday, Josh. So we don't want to talk uh, too much about the MLB. So let's just talk a little bit about this deal. Um, it. This proposal is going to get declined, so tell us about it. Yeah, so that's, that's why we can kind of go into it uh, now because the MLB is going to decline this, just like it was known that the, the MLBPA was going to deny the league's first offer. This is just a big negotiation. Uh, everybody's trying to get the most for what they can, um, and, and that's just kind of what, what's happening here. So the, ML, and the MLBPA uh, came out with a proposal for 114 games and deferred salaries in the event of a canceled postseason and the option for all players to opt out of a potential 2020 season due to coronavirus concerns. So basically what's going to happen here, Kyler, is that this, the season would run from June 30th to October 31st. Um, and this would basically just give them a chance to get some of that money back instead of shortening the games to 82 and taking a huge pay cut. This let them play 114 games for a season and then go to playoffs. That way they could get more of the, the money in their salaries. And they would also take deferred payments. If your salary is over 10 million, um, 10 million plus, you would take a deferment on your salary. If the league ran into to cash flow issues, it would give a, the league a chance to pay that money back at a later date. But if your salary is over 10 million, it would also include interest to make them whole. So this is probably going to be used at some point in a counter from the league, uh, this deferment payment, because of the big scare that the league is going to, or that the season could get postponed due to a second wave of coronavirus. So if that happens, this deferment will probably continue to be a theme throughout negotiations. 
Um, I was a little bit more optimistic when I heard uh, Jeff Passan on ESPN come out and say that there was a proposal from the PA, uh, a counter proposal. Um, he told us that it would be declined pretty instantly, and this is a part of a long process. Um, but like you said, more games means more money. But um, man, if they're if they're saying that you know we're not we're not taking less money, and we're not really budging on that, and the owners are still not budging on that. Um, you know, like this deal will get declined and the counter will come hopefully in a day or two, because if a target of June 31st, a start date, um, a deal would need to come together this week is what I'm hearing um, for training purposes, for spring training, a start date of a regular season of June 31st, a deal would have to get done by the end of this week. Yeah, and it absolutely is going to have to happen quick. So, uh, you know, personally, I think somewhere you'll probably see somewhere right around 198 to 102, uh, somewhere in that range uh, games played probably how many uh, did you say uh 98 to 102 yeah. uh, so. right in the middle there is probably what's going to happen and then i do think that uh the deferment will will continue to be a theme like i said i think what does that, that so basically if the league runs into issues uh no revenue can't pay players things like that it their salary will get deferred they can pay them at a later date um when, whenever the team or league has more money but then they'll include interest on those to make you know to make up for whatever time they lost so basically just uh you know if you bought a car you could do a 90-day deferment on your first payment that'll basically be what this is for their upcoming salary payment so i think that that deferment will continue to be a theme through this uh, other things in this was expanded playoffs for two years um the salary advance of 100 million to split among players during so-called spring training um, that'll probably get nixed or at least cut down from 100, uh, maybe down to 75, 60, somewhere through there. Um, and then they were offering to hold events such as the off-season all-star game or a home run derby to generate additional revenue. So the players are wanting to do things to try and help that cash flow. Obviously, it helps them as much as their team. So I, I'm optimistic right now. I think that a deal is going to be made. Um, it's just can a deal get – can a deal – get done in time right and i really hope so josh because i've got a great idea and i won't take uh complete credit for this one um but i will revamp it a little bit so you can take this revamped idea and put my name on it burst your bubble tag on it um so if we get it done we get a season started by june 31st july 4th june 30th june 30th whatever july 4th what what day is that saturday Saturday, July 4th, America's Holiday, Home Run Derby. I love it. Start, I mean, start, off this, start off the season with the Home Run Derby. I mean, what better way to raise money, raise awareness that baseball is back? I mean, the biggest spectacle of the year, especially now that, you know, baseball is just a home run hitting sport. Or another idea, July 4th, Yankees-Red Sox that series going into that weekend since you're going to have shortened season anyway, probably a little bit less room for those kinds of activities. Um, if they want to keep those, the revenue generated things for the off season, get us a great series like that going into. Oh, you, I mean, yeah, you can bet that whenever baseball does come back, whenever with whatever little base, whatever bubble system they use or divisional system where each team has to play a random number random name of teams that they normally wouldn't play or, you know, just in their geographical um, spring training location or whatever. Uh, 
we're going to see some loaded, loaded series that first weekend. We're going to see Astros, Dodgers. We're going to see Yankees, Red Sox. We're, they're, all the firework matchups are going to be that first weekend. And, I, and I'm so looking forward to it. I'm, I'm ready for it to come back. I heard I just, it take – I'm heard just it take, optimistic. Yeah, I heard it take on a podcast that uh, was pretty much arguing that um, – it might have been the Levitard show. Um, those guys were, were saying that, uh, you know, not saying that anybody's lucky in, in these times and this pandemic and everything, but the biggest – again, I don't want to say the word winner, but the Astros, um, they kind of, they've kind of gotten off by, uh, you know, the – the public pressure, the public view is not really on them and really might not be when the season gets back going. And I disagreed. I, I mean, I think that when the season gets back going, I think those players definitely haven't forgotten. Rawls Chapman definitely has not forgotten that uh, Jose Altuve may or may not have been wearing a wire. So I think when the season gets started, we're definitely going to see those, those uh, rivalries heating back up. Absolutely. Obviously, there are things going on right now that's bigger than baseball, basketball, bigger than sports. And that's kind of what everyone's focused on. But you better believe as soon as sports come back and they're, and someone's lined up against the Astros, against Altuve, that's going to be the first thing on their mind. And no one's going to let them forget it. This isn't going away from the sports world. The pressure might not be on them at this moment. Give it a month and a half. Hey, guys, be sure to follow us on our social media pages um, at SportsBYBP on Twitter. Uh, at Burst Your Bubble Pod on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, literally just search Burst Your Bubble. You'll, it'll pop up if you're scrolling and you see something that we've posted. Give it a retweet. So whenever you're on your profile later, you can go ahead and click on a profile. Uh, go through there. Give us anything that you see. Give us a retweet. Give us a like. It'll really help us grow. Really help us get more guests that you love. Get great interviews. Uh, just give us some love. If you love us, then your friends will love us and your friends' friends will love us. Uh, so uh, thank you for the support so far. And uh, back to the show. Josh, second week in a row, I've asked you, have you checked into the Bundesliga? Uh, very, very little. Very little. So, second straight week, Bayern Muni. I'm on the money train, Josh. You might as well hop aboard. Choo-choo! We're chugging along. They keep winning me some bets. Um, so, Bayern Muni, I don't know if you've seen the uh, – you've probably seen some pictures on Twitter – the uh, fake fans at some of the games. How do you feel about the fake fans and the, and the, and the uh, noise? How do you feel about that? I think it's working out pretty well for them. I don't know that it's the best thing that's going to be used for all the sports. I mean, obviously, you know, that it seems like what it's going to be uh, going toward is the fake noise um, and some of the aspects, maybe NBA, no fans or very, very limited fans. So you'll probably see some of the fake noise. Um, I- but it seems like it's working out well for them. I love it. I mean, I just think in a – especially if you're not really looking for it or you're not really like, you know, hey, a ball's on a field. It's all live on my screen. Let's turn it on. Like I kind of do every every Saturday and Sunday for the next six months, um, especially until other sport, American sports get back on. Uh, or I should say sports in America get back on. Uh, it, it just kind of – it's, it really kind of adds to it. You know, it's just kind of the environment. You, you know, home team scores, you kind of hear cheering. The, if the away team scores, it's quiet. And I kind of like that. Um, and I, I don't like the fans so much. They're just kind of fake fans sitting there. Um, cutouts, I like our idea better. You know, put it in the, uh, the Mandalorian bubble that, the, uh, that they film Mandalorian in and make it a 2K set. 
I like that idea much better than the fake fans they have in Germany. But, uh, you know, to each their own. Absolutely. I, you know, I think that we are, we're on to something and just no one's listening to us right now with our ideas. That's okay. They will, they will eventually, and they'll be upset that they didn't take advantage of it sooner. Um, I did see that Bayern Munich uh, is getting a new, uh, get a new guy that everyone's kind of leery about. Don't know if it's going to be a, a good fit with Leroy Sane. Uh, Sane's coming in, and uh, there's been a lot of talk about the the German's character and what he's going to bring. Uh, it looks like he's going to get a record deal coming in for a two year thing. So uh, it's 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 getting interesting. It really is, Josh. Um, I'm on the money train. I'm not really on the Bayern Munich fan bus train. Um, I got a tip about three weeks ago. Said they've got in they've got in a lot of training time over the past couple of months. They said they're not really they haven't been adhering to social distancing guidelines at all. So uh, that's why I'm on this money train, and I I suggest you do too. And those are things I can say because our platform isn't that big. Absolutely. <laughs> And do you have any other headlines? Uh, I've got. I've actually got one more. Um, the PGA uh, 2K21. So they did a Q&A on Reddit, which um, usually don't go that well. And uh, the, the uh, feedback always doesn't go well. But uh, other than the answer, we will share this information at a later date. Um, it was... It, we learned a lot, sort of. So I got excited in the headline I saw. Um, it actually said that uh, update on cross-play for 2K21, PGA 2K21. Immediate, immediately clicked on it. First, head, first line, online matches will not be able to cross-play on other platforms. So that was disheartening. Um, you will be able to share courses across platforms. So if you create a course on, say, Xbox or PC, then um, Xbox users could could play on it, so on and so forth. And you can join leagues with um, cross-platform. So, uh, you know, sort of you can play cross-platform, but not really competitively. Uh, so that's kind of cool. They will announce uh, um, some players later on. They did announce that you will not be able to purchase players, kind of like you can purchase uh, cards, you know, like the legend cards or whatever. So whatever players are announced when the game comes out are the only players in the game. Um, they did announce that, Courses will be able uh, to be downloaded at a later point. They said, you know, they will announce that at a later date. So it's pretty obvious that, you know, maybe with passing time, if courses become available, they will make them downloadable. So hopefully, um, and it seems like career mode is going to be a really big focus with uh, my player. You know, that's the 2K brand. Uh, they're really going to make that a big focus in this 2K game. I could not be more excited about it. Uh, Josh, what do you, how, how excited are you? How, how, pumped for you to get your ass kicked in this game well i'm actually super excited to get the game i won't be getting my ass kicked you've got an xbox so uh i'm already two steps ahead just by having a playstation um and so i'm excited for the game 2k is my career my player is one of the best things in video games so it makes me super excited to have this on a golf feature um i've said it before i think that they should do it just like NBA 2K where you have a, a neighborhood, maybe a different kind of setup, but where you can walk into a, a pro shop, a training facility, uh, different things that you can do to better your my player and uh, interact with other people, other golfers around the world. So there's a lot of things that I'm, I'm really hoping for for this game. I might have too high of expectations, 
but um, I know what I want to see. Ooh, I love that, Josh. I mean, have like a whole, like a clubhouse, you know, a restaurant hub. You can go in there, walk around the pro shop with a bunch of other players, um, a gym, a driving range, a putting green. Uh, exactly. I love that. Because like on 2K, you can invite people to your, to your my court. This, you can yeah. invite people to the, the putting green, the driving range, you know, do uh, different contests with long drive, uh, uh, archery, different things like that. Games that you can play, like if you were going to play on the flying tee. Love that. So um, apparel and equipment can be unlocked uh, in-game and could also be purchased with in-game currency, which is earned or purchased. So I imagine it's going to be going to the VC currency system that uh, 2K uses. So not a huge fan of that. But also, I mean, you know, it's pretty expected. Um, same thing with, uh, I imagine, like you said, um, you'll be able to boost your player. You'll be able to grow your attributes, things like that. I imagine like 2K does as well. Uh, they, said, they said a full uh, My Career breakdown will be coming soon. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, one more thing I wanted to talk about here is the, uh, the difficulty ability. So we talked about it a lot um, leading up to this is kind of I, how much I loved it, um, how much I loved the kind of beginner pro and master settings that you can set your club sets at. And it kind of, you know, sets your game difficulty from the beginning. So you can also, so you set that and then you also have a game difficulty. So this sets like how much, how much impact you want, like, you know, how much you move your analog stick one degree to the left, how much you want that to affect your swing, which isn't that realistic um, on a video game, but it is realistic um, on a simulator where this game is also functional. Um, so if you're a golf fan, you understand that, but uh, 2K said that system will not be coming back, and they said they're revamping that to uh, make it a lot more playable. So uh, I'm a little disappointed to see that going away, but I'm very excited to see what 2K does to it. Super excited for PGA 2K21, uh, August 20th, uh, August 21st is a date that we're still excited for, for yep. to come worldwide. Another question I have about some of these games, even with uh, NBA 2K20 usually coming out in September, the PS5 is supposed to come out towards the end of the year. So, you know, how much is that going to change the outlook of these games? I, I think um, I, you would think that if they're coming out that soon, they're uh, they're already you know made to be compatible for the Xbox Five or PS or you know Xbox whatever PS Five. I mean, you would hope so, but I also know that these companies love to make money, so it'll probably be a thing where we have this game for a couple of months, and then everyone has to go out and buy a PlayStation Five and then rebuy all the games. Oh, that's gonna be a horror. Well, I'm just gonna be. Oh, that's gonna be horrible. Because I, I was gonna say I'll just be playing PGA uh, 2K21 until then. But I know the second 2K or NBA 2K comes out, I'll buy that too. And the second uh, Madden comes out, I'll buy that too. Then I'll have nine copies of the games by January. And then we'll be, and then we'll just be stuck with both systems and all the games. Yeah. So uh, last right. thing, la my my fault, Josh. Last thing on this. Um, the last thing I saw, you're now able to concede putts on the hole. So you're able to uh, speed up the process on, on these online matches. You're able to say, you know, this guy's about to win this hole. Let's concede this putt. So another great thing for you to speed up the round when I'm kicking your ass. Well, whenever you uh, join the big boys club and get a PlayStation, then we can, we can talk about it since they're not going to let us cross-platform. So going into our last headline that I've got here. Uh, so it came out, um, I think it was the end of last week, maybe Friday, DeAndre Hopkins, he came out and said on the Jalen and Jacoby show, I definitely think I'm the best. I know I'm the best. 
Mike's my boy. I love Mike. But he knows if I had Drew Brees, my whole career with what these numbers would be. Julio Jones knows if I had Matt Ryan my whole career. That's my boy. I trained with Julio, too. He knows what these numbers would be. These guys are definitely blessed to be in a position where their whole career they had a Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl quarterback. But he didn't. He doesn't complain. He just goes out there and works. So the question here is, out of these three, who is the best wide receiver? Um, and, I, I think it's pretty obvious that it's uh, DeAndre Hopkins, no? Oh, okay. Let, let's, let's hear the – the reasoning well I mean he's he's gotten he's been the most dominant receiver that's um, pretty unarguable uh, he's been you know the guy that if you throw the ball up he's going to catch he's going to bring it down no matter what uh, and it's in an environment where Josh can you name three of the quarterbacks that have thrown to him not named Deshaun Watson that have started more than uh, let's say five games for a team not named the Texans because I don't even know if three guys exist. Yeah, I mean, it, he has definitely had uh, quarterback turnover. I mean, obviously the ones I can think of, uh, Hoyer, Mallet, and uh, Yates. Those Brandon the, Beaton, Matt Schaub. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, he's definitely had turnover. I mean, that's that's no question. And in that time, he's been the most dominant receiver. I mean, I mean, you can say anything you want, anything you want about, like, you know, he, he complains that Michael Thomas is, is uh, force-fed and all this, you know, short reception, short receptions, all this. Uh, Hopkins has just as many targets since 16. Or I think it, uh, more, more targets and more receptions for first downs uh, or touchdowns. Um, I think Michael Thomas and Julio Jones have more than Hopkins. But, I, I, again, I think that goes back to the poor quarterback play surrounding, uh, surrounding DeAndre Hopkins. And I think that's going to be evident this season when he's paired with an elite, uh, not only – Pass, uh, pass thrower, but a guy who can uh, create some pressure away from DeAndre Hopkins, create create pressure away from the away from uh, away from him on the ball, and really let him get the chance to create downfield. So I understand the argument, and I understand the point that DeAndre Hopkins is making here, because I do feel bad for the guy with the quarterback play that he has, and he still found a way to to excel. He's found a way to be better. Uh, you know, than, than the other people around him, which is great for him. But I do not think that he's the best receiver out of this group. I think it goes to Michael Thomas. I think Michael Thomas is the is a sure-handed monster. Um, and, yeah, you know, he's got Drew Brees, a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's had that stability. But at the end of the day, he's also been the one guy for the Saints in the passing game. And he's still managed to break double teams. He's managed to do everything uh, – you know, that's asked of him. And I guess the same argument could be made for, for Hopkins just because he's the number one guy. But Drew has found a way to put Michael Thomas in a way to succeed. And Michael Thomas goes up, makes plays. Uh, I call him Michael Tiptoe Thomas. He makes unbelievable catches. Uh, route running is there. Um, he's super talented guy. He's, uh, led the, in 2019, led the league in yards uh, with 1,725 uh, to DeAndre Hopkins, 11.65. Uh, he had 11.6 yards per reception. DeAndre Hopkins, 11.2. Um, you know, Julio Jones actually had 14.1, so that's even more. But uh, Michael Thomas still had the most yards. I think that just pound for pound, Michael Thomas could do the same, line up with most any other uh, quarterback and still succeed. 
I think your argument's valid, but um, I think that in, in this dream scenario where we're just plugging quarterback or plugging receivers in with quarterbacks, and I think if you replay the careers, I think DeAndre Hopkins has a better career and Drew Brees has a better career with uh, Hopkins in that position rather than Thomas. See, here's but, my thing. I think that DeAndre Hopkins, I'm, and this is obviously he's one of the best receivers in the game, I think that he had to elevate his play and he had to be a better receiver. He had to work harder and it made him a better player going through those shitty quarterbacks. If he had had a great quarterback, he might not have pushed himself hard enough, you know, to excel, which, you know, I'm not saying that he wouldn't have, but I'm saying I think that him playing with shitty quarterbacks helped motivate him to be a better receiver. That's valid. And uh, I, I shouldn't say what I said about, you know, in that bubble, if you put Hopkins with Breeze, because Thomas just fits Breeze so well. Thomas is a Thomas and Breeze are a match made in heaven. That little slant they run. I mean, that's that's the God play 2.0. Yeah, and it's hard to – I mean, Michael Thomas is, is almost unstoppable. He's he's one of those guys, man. He's good. Uh, Josh, no, uh, we watched the Lance 30 for 30 wrap up tonight. Like I said, the, the second episode wasn't as good as the first one, in my opinion. Uh, in that spirit, let's get into the totem pole of 30 for 30s, ESPN 30 for 30s. First, you got an ad read for us. Kyler, I know how much we both have loved what Anchor has given us as a podcasting platform. Ladies and gents, if you haven't heard of Anchor yet, you're missing out. Most importantly, it's free. Anchor gives you the ability to edit and upload your podcast directly from your phone to get anywhere you can get your podcast. Apple Music, Spotify, it'll be there. You can make money from your podcast with minimum listeners. It's literally everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. All right, Kyler, let's get into the totem pole of 30 for 30s. Uh, As usual, if you're new to the segment, uh, top three, bottom two of a certain category. Today we're going 30 for 30s. Kyler, do you want to go first? To shout out ESPN. Oh yeah, shout out ESPN for these uh, for these documentaries that they put out and give us the opportunity to rank them based on what we like. You yeah, want to go first or for, second? For uh, uh, Josh, you know I'll let you go first. But uh, and also shout out to ESPN for bringing out the Jordan doc early. Uh, they didn't have to do that. Really blessed us there. And for uh, bringing out these these docs following the Jordan doc, um, they could have, like I said, didn't have to do it. Could have spaced them out, but uh, they did. And let's get into it, Josh. You're free up first. What's your bottom? All right, so the first one on the bottom of mine is Jordan Rides the Bus. So this is going into uh, Jordan's career in the minors. And to me, this one was an easy one. It's not that I necessarily don't like the documentary, The 30 for 30. I think that with the access we received from The Last Dance, I think that this episode uh, is a little extra, a little not necessary. So I, I think that the the last dance so it's made this on the bottom of my uh, totem pole just because of how good the last dance was and all the access we had. So that moves this one to the bottom of my list. Oh, you were spoiled by the access. I was hundred percent. I was. Oh, that's not good. Um, so I, I liked the Jordan rides the bus. Uh, so I'm kind of surprised by that. Uh, yeah. If you're definitely, if you're looking for access though, you're not going to get it in that one. Um, because if you remember Josh, uh, Jordan left to get away from everything, to get away from the coverage, to get away from the spotlight, to get away from the access. And he did so very, very well in Birmingham, um, almost to a fault for this 30 for 30. 
Absolutely. That's the only reason it bumps it down, just because the access we ended up seeing, you know, it, it makes it kind of, you look back and you think, wow. Oh, yeah. I mean, the access that we potentially could have had and what we could have seen from that. I mean, the, even the interviews that the Jordan doc got, uh, I mean, maybe they were kind of holding those for the, uh, for the last dance. I'm not really sure, but, um, you know, it feels, feels like they probably could have talked to some of those guys that they talked to in the, uh, in the last dance. Exactly. Just way more access got, got me spooled. So what's, what's first on your bottom? Uh, bottom of mind, Josh, I'm, I'm such a huge fan of the 30 for 30 series. And this is probably the, this will be the toughest totem pole that we ever do for me. Uh, just because if you remember during the last dance, it seems like every week I would say that a different 30 for 30, whoever uh, that particular last dance featured Jordan beating. Um, I would say they're, they're my favorite 30 for 30. <laughs> I think I said it about five different ones. So this will be a tough pick for my top. And my bottom, um, this is completely just personal, just whether I didn't like it or something like that, I'll explain it. Um, this first one even hasn't come out yet. It's called Long Gone Summer. Um, it comes out June 14th, a um, couple of weeks. Uh, it's crazy. It's already June. I just told you that, but it's so crazy. It's already June 1st. That's insane. Years flying by. So Long Gone Summer, um, it's about Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, uh, the home run chase. Uh, I think I'm not going to like it just because uh, just kind of the access, like you said, I don't, I don't think um, I'm going to be uh, really enlightened like I was uh, with the last dance with the access and everything. And hopefully they go deep into the cheating as well as uh, the home run race. I would love to see that as well. I don't think they will, um, which is another reason I'm going to be upset about it. And really the main reason I'm upset and it reaches the bottom of my totem pole is because I would have loved it to come out. May 24th, when the Lance Doc premiered, I would have loved for them to switch these two out. Yeah, that would have made that that little make a little bit more sense. I think I think it would have put a real emphasis, a real uh, a real heavy hand on the players and the owners of the MLB to get a deal done. Because if you would have had MLB uh, long gone summer baseball in the Twitter sphere in trending. Um, I think that would have uh, that would have made it real tough for them not to get a deal done right then. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. So I'm going to go ahead and go to uh, the next one on the bottom one for me. And so this might be a little controversial as well. I feel like I'm – the thing about the bottom of the totem pole, like I was telling you earlier, it's so hard to pick bottom ones of 30 for 30s because all these documentaries are pretty good. I mean, you know, if you don't know about a certain topic, you learn something. So – it's not like I don't necessarily like any of these, but um, this one for me, uh, I understood it and I got to learn a little bit. It just, out of the ones I've watched, it just wasn't my favorite. And it was straight out of LA. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, a, a lot of people think it is. It's about, uh, you know, moving out of Oakland, getting to LA or LA to Oakland. So, I mean, it's, there's a lot of great things. Al Davis, uh, Ice Cube's a director. They they have a lot of good insight from interviews with like Snoop Dogg and a couple of athletes, little Q and A things. It just the whole how it all wrapped together for me. I just I guess I just wasn't that interested in it. All right, I got you. I can I can understand that. Uh, you got anything else on that? Or can I move to mine? You can go ahead. So uh, bottom of mine or next bottom, um, this is again no no shot at it. I love this one. This is actually this is probably fourth or fifth on my totem pole, uh, but this is going to be on the bottom. Uh, the John Daly one, uh, Hit It Hard, I think is what it's called. 
Uh, this makes it on the bottom of mind just because there's not more golf 30 for 30s. Um, I understand, uh, you know, if you listen to the pod, you know, there's a 30 for 30. I mean, I'm sorry, an HBO doc about Tiger Woods coming. So we're really excited for that. But uh, there's not any more golf ones. I mean, if uh, 1986, there's a uh, there's one about uh, when, or, of course, when uh, Jack Nicholas wins the Masters, it's kind of featured in a lot of different events going on at one time, if you remember. But uh, there's just not as many golf 30 for 30s as I would like. There's um, some amazing stories. Payne Stewart, uh, Martin Keimer. Uh, they could have done 10 different Tiger Woods stories. Phil Mickelson. Um, I'm just I'm really disappointed in that. Um, even uh, here's an idea. They can take this. The spring break uh, boys, the uh, Smiley Kaufman, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, do a 30 for 30 on them. Oh, and there probably will be one day, hopefully. Oh, they're asked to be on them. Yeah, that's a good call. That's a good call. So, do you want to go first or second on the top? Um, This is a tough one. Do you want to – what do you want to do? Go ahead. Ooh, feeling generous again. I like it. So, this actually kind of puts me in a tough spot because I have two at the top of mine that are super high – um, obviously there's so many great 30 for 30s. I'm going to go ahead. Uh, number one, Celtics, Lakers, best of enemies. Mm. It, it's just a classic. It, I mean, it is, it is the epitome of basketball other than Michael Jordan. This is two of the, the juggernaut organizations in the NBA back and forth. So, I mean, th- this one had a, a lot of good insight about Bird and Johnson and the things that they were having to do. Uh, part one and two, there was a second part to it. Had a whole lot of characters involved. Uh, produced really well. Um, if you didn't understand fully the the dynamic between the Lakers and Celtics, go watch this 30 for 30 and you'll get a great understanding. I absolutely love uh, Celtics-Lakers. Uh, part two was amazing. Um, I think uh, uh, part th- they actually there's three, I think three parts. Um, and I think this actually rivals the last dance and the access it had, um, and especially with the interviews. Um, I think a lot of people are going to take from the last dance, the interview process, process they had. Um, I think even more so, you know, what was taken from it is the process of, you know, giving Jordan the iPad, have him watch this clip and have him react in real time. Jordan was watching clips and listening to quotes the entire time. That's the only time he was, he was reacting from actually watching clips from the, from the documentary that was already made. And that was a, that was a genius idea from the producer. Mm-hmm. All right, so what is number one for you? Top of mind, Josh. Um, this is probably, I think, one of the first 30 for 30s I saw, um, and I've loved, loved it ever since. I've talked about it. I th- I'm sure I named it as my top, uh, my top 30 for 30 when we were naming them during the, during the last dance. It's the Fab Five. I love the Fab Five. The Michigan Fab Five with Jalen Rose, uh, Jalen King. We've got my boy Chris Weber calling the timeout. Uh, Jason Hare did an absolutely phenomenal job on this. Like I said, again, the access uh, was phenomenal. Um, the scandal was ridiculous. Uh, and I mean, we saw how well and we, everyone raved about how well Jason Hare, um, you know, interviewed J- uh, Michael Jordan and everyone else in that documentary. Again, he did the exact same. Uh, he mirrored the exact same uh, praise in, in the Fab Five 30 for 30. What a great 30 for 30. That is such a good one. It's, there's so much that happens in that documentary. 
And I think that's what pushes over for me. Just so many things happening, so much information in that short amount of time. Uh, it's just, it, it's unfiltered. Oh, yeah. All right. So number two for me, uh, this is super easy because I, this, and it definitely could have been my number one, the two Escobars. Mm, such so, a good one. It, it, this was one of the first ones that I watched. Um, it, and so a little bit about it. It's the, uh, obviously it's a Columbia soccer team uh, getting to the world cup. Um, and so they were, they were just about to win. The country was super excited and uh, everyone was going crazy, but that's when, um, so it's Pablo Escobar's, uh, the cartel was basically the focus of the war on drugs from the U.S. Um, and th there's a whole big spot about that. So this is so good. There's so many things that kind of go into this. Uh, but then, obviously, the, the own goal happens, and then he was shot in the streets whenever he came back home from a country that was rioting. Uh, because of an own goal in a soccer match. So the, the information about this and, and the, just the history of it is why it's my top or my number two. Uh, I've actually seen that one time and I really don't even remember it. I like, I know the story and everything. And of course, I, being reminded of it, I need to go and rewatch it. This is one that you absolutely need to go rewatch because I, until I watched it, I never would have even known something like this would happen. Like I'd never heard of it. And there's so much information that's not just about soccer that goes into this. It's well worth the watch. Mm -hmm. So next up on mine, again, I said it during the last dance. Uh, my favorite 30 30 ever. So it's number two on my, on my totem pole. Winning time, Reggie Miller versus the New York Knicks. Uh, this 30 for 30 was amazing. Uh, again, it's one of the first, not, it's probably not one of the first 30 for 30s that I watched, but it's one of the first 30 for 30s that I probably watched. Um, at least five or six times. Um, I've probably seen it now more than 20 times easily. Um, focuses in on the 94-95 battles with the, with the Knicks and the Pacers, uh, um, specifically Reggie Miller and his feud with Spike Lee and hilarious interactions, including the choke sign and the nut grab uh, and the chance of Cheryl, Cheryl. So, uh, Again, Reggie Miller, he was amazing. Uh, you obviously saw that in the, uh, in the 30 for 30 doc. And you saw in 96 is when he finally got past uh, the Knicks and ran into Michael Jordan himself when he returned. So my guy, Reggie Miller, uh, never could get over that hump. So winning time is – that was going to be my next one. You stole it from me. Mm. But I can't say that you stole it because it has to be up there. It's, it's one of the best 30 for 30s, and it's so much fun. There's – you talk about not necessarily the historical part, but the just the entertainment value from winning time and the things that went into the background of this is it's such a good 30 for 30, such a good documentary. All right, so the my number three on the top of mine is June 17th, 1994. I oh, love it. It's so good. Everyone knows the story about O.J. Simpson, uh, the slow speed police pursuit, eventual arrest, uh, white Ford Bronco, everything about OJ in this um, dives in deep. So it's, I mean, it's, it's. Yeah. It features a little bit of golf too. Has oh, That's what I was about to get into. Yeah. Uh, you know, it goes Arnold back Arnold. into uh, the Arnold Palmer U S mm -hmm. open. Yeah, his, his last round at the U S open. That was a, a really great story. So many crazy things happening at one time. 
um, all surrounding, of course, the the biggest news story of maybe of all time, the OJ, uh, the OJ news chase, the OJ uh, car chase. Everything stopped in that moment to watch that slow speed pursuit. Yeah, kind of um, not unlike everybody gathers on uh, Worldwide Wobe's page now to watch uh, Worldwide Wobe, whatever his name is, to watch uh, you know his his daily uh, his daily traffic high speed pursuit, low low speed pursuit, whatever it is that day on uh, whatever he finds in the in the traffic cam. So not unlike that, you know, people were were gathered around to see it. You know, the number one number one star star in football. So the thing about this this docu this thirty for thirty is it's not about all the things that obviously we know the story about OJ. We know what happens. This is about the details and things that you had no idea that was even going on in OJ's life, like the U.S. Open, different things like that. So definitely one that you should go back and watch, uh, June 17th, 1994. Put it on your, uh, on your calendar. This is probably the tough, toughest decision of my life, Josh. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm really looking forward to the long gone summer in a couple weeks. Um, really, really looking forward to the Be Water uh, this coming Saturday, this coming Sunday, the Bruce Lee 30 for 30, that might, that might jump into the third spot after Sunday. Uh, but for right now, man, it really comes down to Mike and the Mad Dog, which is such a good 30 for 30 um, about, uh, you know, the story, of, of course, Mike and the Mad Dog, the radio show started uh, WFN and you know, has grown into now Mike having his own, uh, his own Sirius XM channel or I'm sorry, the Mad Dog having his own channel and uh, Mike still doing a lot of things on air. Uh, but that's going to come in just short. It's going to come in fourth with the third spot on my totem pole going to the Boston Red Sox and the four days in October. Um, the remarkable comeback, the Red Sox coming back against the Yankees um, in the ALCS, ending the historic, historic drought. Uh, Red Sox fans face, Boston fans faced for years and years. Uh, of course, this one this one goes right up there with the uh, the Chicago Cubs one as well. When the fan uh, grabbed the ball, uh, catching hell, I think is the name of that one. Um, it rivals that one just because you know the uh, the drought they were in, a championship drought the city was facing, and you know this this one moment kind of cost them everything and uh, it cost the city everything, not just the team. So uh, those thirty for thirties I really loved, but specifically the uh, the two thousand four ALCS with the Red Sox and the Yankees. So that'll get number three on my totem pole, and that will round them out. So this actually, I could have replaced this with the, the L.A. from the bottom of mine. Really? Just because I am a, uh, a big Yankees fan. So not, the, oh. not anything about the 30 for 30, just the fact that it, uh, it happened to the Yankees. Uh, yeah, I, I get that. It's a tough time, tough time. But it is such a – I mean, the, the story is incredible. Uh, you know, you could feel the same way if you're a uh, Atlanta Falcons fan getting beat by the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Obviously, it wasn't a historical drought like the Boston Red Sox were facing, mm -hmm. but it still uh, hurts to be on the other side of that. So that rounds them out, Josh, and uh, I'll be working on a graphic to uh, put these up on Twitter and on, on all our social medias, I should say, pretty soon. So um, be sure to be sure to retweet those. We told you how to do that just a minute ago so uh josh this was a lot of fun man yeah another great episode uh one one episode closer to live sports that's uh, it one episode closer to football basketball live sports yep that's it we've been saying it from the beginning and uh 
you know, we've been the optimistic ones and it seems like it's going to pay off. So hopefully we'll, we'll see, we'll be talking about a plan on Wednesday's show. All right. Well, I look forward to talking to you and a, and a very special guest on Wednesday. See you then, buddy.